0: The following is a message from Reverend Ken Meldon of Wellsprings Congregation. A couple of days after Halloween, I think this is a good story to tell. It's about um, a minister and her son. He's reached the age in which he's starting to have a lot of nightmares, a lot of running to parents' bedroom, middle of the night, wondering if the things that live underneath the bed or in the closet are going to get him and so the same routine happens night after night after night and stays with his parents for a little while and then mom brings him back and puts him back in bed one night she says you know you are safe here you'll you'll be all right remember she's a minister she says uh she says god's here with you he won't be alone her son for a moment thinks says yeah god's okay But I need someone in this room with some skin. In this life, facing the monsters, real or imaginary, of whatever kind that we're facing, I think we all want someone with some skin. Now, at first, this story seems like it's about safety. But is it really? Is it really about safety? I reflect on words I heard a number of years ago from a guy named Harry Shearer. Some of you might know who that is. Harry Shearer, who's a a character actor. He voices like 25 different characters on The Simpsons. He also has been in um, a bunch of different movies that are largely improvisational, in which the actors are kind of making up as they go along and riffing off of each other. And an interviewer, I heard ask Harry Shearer one time, Wow. To do it all improv, that must require a lot of safety amongst all of you actors. He said immediately, no. It doesn't require safety because it's not safe. What it requires is trust. That we trust each other. That's the only way we can make it up as we go along. Daring Greatly, this whole book that's based on this whole message series, It's about vulnerability. It's about the fact that as much as we might wish it, as much as we might want, there is no getting rid of the basic vulnerability, insecurity of what it is to be alive. That the point is not to get to a place in which the vulnerability is gone. The point is to get to this place and be this person, be these people, so that we can deal with the vulnerabilities and insecurities in our lives in a more wholehearted, present, and loving way. Now, of course, who doesn't want more safety? Who doesn't want more safety? I want more safety. My whole life has been a quest for more safety, and yet I haven't found it yet. And so I think the deeper question is this Who can we trust? Who do you trust? Who is trustworthy? This is a fraught question in this culture right now. This is a fraught question, especially because of real monsters like this. You know who this is? He's a priest right here in Chester County who within the last week and a half was arrested for possessing and distributing child pornography. turns the stomach. It's vile and awful. And one can only wonder about this man's own level of brokenness or depravity or some combination of both or maybe something else none of us can ever figure out. As a clergy person, this makes me particularly ill. And not because it makes me suspect. Although the truth is, it does. There's no getting around that. I faced this just a week and a half ago when uh, a young woman, a young student at Westchester, who the denomination kind of got me in connection with to mentor her. She asked me to a ride to an event that both of us wanted to go to. Of course I was going to say yes. And for a moment I had to pause. Before saying yes. Is it safe that I'm with this young woman in this car? I know what my intentions are. I know I would never harm anyone, least of all a young person. And yet, no one in this culture is beyond suspicion. Yes, we all want safety. And by the way, I did drive her to the event and we had a very, very good time there together. And I'm glad I said yes. I mean i heard jerry falwell yes i years ago we used to just listen to jerry fall just a little bit not to agree but to see what he was saying he said that he would never drive any woman who wasn't his wife in a car when it was just the two of them because he didn't want to create a scandal i think that actually the meaning of ministry means to make ourselves vulnerable in the cause of something good in the cause of connection yes we all want more safety. we all want people we can trust it's By the way, why we background check every single person, including myself, who has any opportunity to work with kids in Wellsprings. Safety is important. And yet we know all this stuff. We know that there are background checks and life feels more dangerous, doesn't it? Life feels dangerous right now. We're not sure who we can trust. Here's the truth. We're actually not any more dangerous right now than we were in past generations. We just know a lot more. And I think it's a good thing that we know a lot more. It's a good thing that we cannot just take trust for granted. That no one is considered such an authority or so holy that they are beyond any questioning. And still, and still, none of us can promise absolute safety. Indeed, societies, cultures, nations that want to promise absolute safety, they just end up creating more problems because they create scapegoats and they create others and they create those people over there who are creating all the problems for us over here. And this brings it back to that kid's question I want someone in this room with some skin. Who can we trust? This is a core question in Daring Greatly. Brene Brown tells this story the author does about her daughter who has just had her heart wrecked. I'm going to ask you for a moment to remember when did someone you trusted break a confidence and it just destroyed you? Chances are it was probably sometime around our teenage years, maybe before, maybe after. This is what happened to Brene Brown's daughter. And she just comes home wrecked. ...fearful that she'll never be able to trust anyone else again. And Brene Brown tells a story about her daughter's teacher... ...who has this great practice about building trust. And it's this. It is this picture. The marble jar. That in her daughter's classroom... ...what happens whenever anyone commits an act of generosity... ...of care, of kindness... Into that marble jar, they place one marble, and then another one, and then another one, with each act of kindness, consideration, compassion. And by the way, when people commit acts of cruelty, uncaring, unkindness, a marble comes out. When that marble jar reaches to the very top, well, then the whole class gets a party. This is how trust is established in our lives. One small act at a time, one after another, after another, after another. Here's the thing, though. When trust is broken, it can feel like it can happen real quickly. Like when we hear yet another story of a pastor, a politician, any person in leadership, any person anywhere who has broken their trust, who has abused their trust again. It can feel like that kid's game shoots in ladders. Remember that? Remember that? you got to climb up. A ladder takes time. And yet if we land on that spot in which we've lost trust, vroom, all the way down quickly. In Brene Brown's book, she talks about a manifesto of leadership, a manifesto of parenting. I'll be blunt. This didn't work for me in the book at all. There's good stuff in there. But we don't need any more manifestos. We don't need any more doctrines. We don't need any more proclamations. What we need is this people with some skin, people who are willing to show up. What we need is a very old fashioned word covenant, which is the spiritual way of saying, I make a promise and I keep a promise. I'm willing to be that person with skin. This is, by the way, the only way all of this works, (laughs) is being people who are willing to show up. This is what it means to be of a tradition that is covenantal, that one of our oldest theologians in this tradition could say, we need not think alike to love alike. I'm not particularly interested, by the way, in leading a congregation of like-minded people. Like-mindedness is one of the least interesting things about us. I am interested, as this theologian said, that we need not all think alike to love alike. The way that we learn to love alike is by being trustworthy and showing up and keeping our promises, especially in this culture in which so much of the emphasis is put on contracts. You hear about that sports star signing the big contract? Do you hear how much Brad Pitt got for his last movie? you hear how much Angelina Jolie got for her last movie? We are obsessed with contracts. And I have no problem with contracts. Contracts protect our interests. The promises and covenants do something else. Covenants ask us, who is worthy of holding your vulnerability in their hands? Who is willing, who is able to hold their love together? At the heart of every true promise we make is presence. Being near and being here with each other. These are, by the way, the images of God, of divinity, that lay closest on my heart. I'm going to show you two of them right now. I recognize medieval picture of Jesus there. On the other side, that's Kuan Yin, the Buddhist goddess of compassion. I trust. I don't believe. I trust Jesus when he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That has absolutely nothing to do with doctrine or believing what ain't so, as some people define faith. It has to do with looking deep within our own experience and trusting. I've seen over and over again as a pastor that people who give themselves room to grieve, to attend to their own broken hearts, will, in fact, be comforted. That is trust. Quan Yin is sometimes called goddess of compassion she who hears the cries of the world imagine setting the heart upon that that I cannot none of us can individually hear the cries of all the the world but to be a kind of person who opens the ears, opens the heart to hear the cries that we can To follow those words with trust, to hang the heart on that, to follow that path as imperfectly as we can, is to vow to become trustworthy people. I've shared with you before, and some of you can see a little bit of it right here. I've got various pieces of aspirational ink all over my body. I'm not going to show you the rest. I'm not going to disrobe up here. But it actually goes back to a Jewish prayer that I grew up with. I grew up in a Jewish family. It's called the Via Hafta, and it basically says, I will set it as a sign upon my doors and upon my heart. Sometimes if you might see Orthodox Jews wrapping what are called phylacteries all around their bodies, that's what they're doing. They're saying, my body, this body, this skin is vowing to keep the covenant. And by the way, tattoos are not kosher at all. But the principle is exactly the same. Without covenant, without focusing every day on the promises that we vow to keep, it is so easy to go back to what society tells us, which is just battle of contract versus contract, battle of ego versus ego, fear versus fear, and believing, as Brene Brown talks a lot about, that vulnerability is something that finally will just be exploited. And so best not to show who we are. Instead, there's a different invitation. To ask ourselves, what values are really trustworthy to us? What promises are worth keeping? And then asking ourselves on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, sometimes a moment-by-moment basis, are our lives taking on the form of these things? I'm a child of the 70s, so whenever anyone asks me to take on the form of something, I think of these two characters up here. (laughs) Not the form of an animal in the shape of some kind of water. And by the way, they had this lame space monkey named Gleek that gets no love for me whatsoever. But there is a kind of wonder twins here when we ask ourselves. What form of trust is our life taking on? What promises are we keeping with our very skin, with our very flesh? This is why, when I have a disagreement with anyone, when there's anger or misunderstanding, I always ask, let's take it out of email. Let's make it a matter of voice to voice, skin to skin. And by the way, people ask me to do this all the time. It is an amazing practice of just saying, let's focus on how we can trust each other, especially at a time when we're experiencing difference. It's a particular challenge right now in the society in which some of us might feel comfortable putting up to 500, 1,000 of all of our closest Facebook friends exactly what's on our mind. And yet, do we have the same willingness to look into someone's eyes and say, I'm sorry, or I don't know, or I love you, or to ask, how can we trust each other again? I want to end with this image. You remember that from Stand By Me, the movie, the early 80s? That's Robert Phoenix, may he continue to rest in peace, another gifted person lost to addiction. That's Chris and Teddy, the characters, after they've just had a rupture in their friendship. And the way that they reestablish their covenant is this. Skin it. (laughs) Not high five. Skin it. Let me feel your skin on my skin. Let me know that we are still connected. Trust is not a concept. It's a practice. That's how, by the way, we stand by each other. We find our ways of saying, skin it. Yes, I will. With these hands, I am here. With these hands, I am near. With these hands, we can keep our promises. With these hands. There really aren't any other To keep the promises we hold dear. Amen. May you live in blessing. Let's pray together. Source of that original promise of this life. May we hold that promise sacred. And hold that trust sacred. That this life so much a gift of light and shadow of what we can shape and take the form of, and what is completely beyond our control. May we know that this day there is yet another opportunity to, in spite of the dangers of the world, the monsters real or imagined, not to turn away from the heart, not to turn away from each other, but answer again, yes, with these hands. We can be the kind of people who show up who find the promise of that deeper love and deeper connection and deeper belonging that echoes from that original blessing that entered with us in this life and the original blessing that is our most important inheritance. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's Wellsprings, the letters uu.org.